Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Grace Society podcast, where theology meets practicality. I'm Jay Segundo. And I'm Justin. And welcome to episode four of the Grace Society podcast. Mm-hmm. So today we have actually another special guest with us. We have Pastor Ricky with us joining us. Um, Pastor Ricky, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Um, my name is Pastor Ricky McDonald. I am a pastor, the associate pastor at Grace Fellowship Church in Duarte, California, and uh, stoked to be here with you guys today. Yeah, we're super honored to have you. We're excited. Um, Second guest in the books, and um, we have a special topic today. We're going to be talking about worship. Um, Worship is definitely something that um, I I think in in every believer's heart is like a special thing, Um, but just us as a a church and as a podcast, too, we really, um, we really enjoy worship, but uh, we just want to dive deep and, um, you know, to the meanings of worship and just kind of have a conversation about it. Right. So I think that's where we want to start. We want to start by defining worship because, I mean, for so many people, it can have be synonymous to music. Mm -hmm. So rather, I'd rather um, hear from you. What, how do we define worship? Yeah, that's good. And you're totally right. In fact, uh, you know, yesterday was Sunday and I, I just noticed because I knew I was doing this podcast. Uh, I was watching back on our live stream and our countdown right before the service says worship begins in X amount of time and it counts down. And I thought, man, I hope that's not the case. I hope <laughs> I hope we've been can worship will continue in this amount of time. Like, yeah, uh, cause it's so true. We think of the music part. We try and be intentional at our church when we talk about like, you know, the kids will be dismissed after the music, not Mm. the worship. Cause Mm. this is a worship service from the time we begin into the, even the announcements and the the offering. And especially when we're hearing from the word, like that is all worship. And there's this idea that, that stops and then we go to lunch and then we'll be back in seven days and we'll do it again. (laughs) But um, you're right. It's so important to define worship. Uh, I actually, there was a study, the Barna Group did a survey, and two-thirds of all church-going adults cannot describe what worship is. Wow. Mm-hmm. A large majority think of worship as a Sunday morning event, like we said. Right. And most Christians consider worship to be a secondary priority in a Sunday morning gathering. Wow. And so... I love that you uh, you guys brought this topic. Like it's it's such an important thing to to understand. So, um, what is worship? That's the yeah. question, right? Yeah. I I feel like growing up there was so many, especially youth pastors would would try and put it into these like catchy phrases. Like I always <laughs> always heard this one. Uh, Worship is an outward expression of an inward affection, right? Right, right. Um, or there's, there's so many. I I try so hard not to do that. Yeah. Um, or if I do, I'll I'll make it simple. Like worship isn't about me. Right. Or, yeah. Um, one that I that I will find myself saying is that worship is putting Jesus on the throne of your life every single day. Mm, that's good. Over everything. Wow. Like mm-hmm. when Jesus is Lord of your life, you are worshiping. Mm. Um, and so living according to that. And and so I think there's lots of different aspects to worship. Like we do it in different ways, but the first and foremost crushing that idea that it's just this, you know, 25 minutes, or (laughs) if you're in a Pentecostal church, two and a half hours of of singing songs. Uh, Not lying. Yeah, for real. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I hate, I hate to give it a, a Webster defini- definition, but right. um, that's kind of what I roll with. Like it's, it's a, it's a way to live your life. Yeah. Amen. I, I always think when, we, when I start talking about worship, um, 
I'm always reminded of Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 through 9, because I think when we go to that passage in the Bible, Jesus makes a clear distinction between um, inner worship and then worship that is expressed outwardly. And in that verse, it actually says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as the doctrines, um, the commandments of men. And I, I always think about that because I think, okay, well, then there is a way that worship is in vain. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus makes a distinction first and foremost between inner worship and then worship that is expressed outwardly and the distinction between those two, but also how outward expression outward expression of worship without that correct inner posture is in vain. Absolutely. That you know what? When I when I first started, um, you know, I've been leading worship uh since I was in uh, since I was twelve years old. Wow. Um in our little junior high and then, you know, they moved me up to the youth group and then eventually I got the big stage um, <laughs> big in, in big church. And, um, and I loved it, but I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew that God had gifted me with a musical ability. Right. And I loved being in that worship experience, that moment where like, I just felt like I was communicating with God in a mm. different way. Like there's no question that God created music right. to, to move us emotionally. Like what, try watching a movie without a, without a soundtrack and it's just, it's right. lame, right? Right, it, right? That's how you move <laughs> your emotion in there. Wow. So it's special, but, um, you're right in that, in that scripture, it, it makes it so clear that there's a wrong way to do this. And so <laughs> what I was going to say is when I, when I first started uh, leading worship, I don't want to say professionally, but when I got a job leading yeah. worship, yeah. um, I re- I read this book with my pastor called worship matters by Bob Coughlin. Mm-hmm. And he had this quote in there that seriously changed my entire perspective. And he said, the better or the more accurately we know God through his word, the more genuine our worship will be. Wow. So that's good. But then the second part is, in fact, the moment we veer from what is true about God, we're engaging in idolatry. Regardless of what we think or feel, there is no authentic worship of God without a right knowledge of God. Whoa. So in other words, if you don't know who you're worshiping, Whoa. you may not even be actually worshiping. Like it may not be a pleasing, acceptable offering to God. Yeah, I think I think the danger is... You know, we can be singing songs and kind of having a karaoke moment, um, thinking that we are presenting a worship, but in reality, we're just singing songs. Yeah. You know, no different than a kid in front of a TV <laughs> singing Baby Shark, you know, yeah. um, and, and and that's that's kind of like it, it's uh, it's kind of sad to me in a sense to, to think of because, you know, like. And I think that's why this is important to kind of get down to what the root and the heart of worship and the definition of worship outside of of the worship time musically. Um, I think it's an an important definition to to get down to. I'd like to go into that because um, what you said is has huge implications on what we do here on Sundays, Mm -hmm. because um, in right now, when you said about um, the truth and which or how we know God and, and not worshiping an idol, therefore, then. Would we is it safe to say that the way we know God through reading his word and the truth kind of dictates the way our heart actually is postured in real worship? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was such a paradigm shift for me. Like I was under the impression that anyone could could just, you know, walk into a worship service and and start singing these songs right. and be honoring to God. But but having the idea that if if you don't understand if you don't know truth, if you don't understand who it is you're worshiping 
then wow. are you really even, is it acceptable? Mm. Are you really even worshiping? And I'm not saying that God's like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> um, because there's obviously, there's, there's a, a there's a genuineness to yeah. someone who would sing those songs. But mm. I mean, mm. just in the, to use the movie example again, if you, it's so possible to, uh, to just sing these songs and feel the emotion of the music. And as worship leaders, especially we can manipulate that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in his, let's bring a pad in here and then I'm going to talk softly. And then when I get to the point of this scripture, I'm going to deliver it hard. Right. And then you're just going to be like overcome with emotion. You're mm-hmm. going to get chills. And then did we even acknowledge who Jesus is wow. in that moment? Or did wow. we feel the pad? Yeah, like, that's good. So it's so important to understand. That's why I love what you guys are doing with this podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I hope every young person gets into this and starts listening. Uh, one of my all-time favorite quotes ever is by A.W. Tozer. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so that is worship. Like, wow. yeah. you're always worshiping something. That is so good. I love Tozer, man. <laughs> <laughs> Because no, I think when like what he was just talking about, um, a lot of the times um, we think, okay, I'm worshiping, and I, I'm almost certain that I'm worshiping because I got the chills, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I I don't want to down like downplay it. like maybe you're having an experience or something, but like it can be the air conditioning's running. <laughs> um, but sometimes the music has that effect. I mean, I've yeah. been to concerts where it's not even Christian, and I felt that same thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? I've seen people <laughs> bawling at concerts, <laughs> exactly. and they're singing about things that are totally not of God, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, and and so that's where I feel like. Um, Jesus is coming out with this, you know, you're mm-hmm. good, doing good job. I mean, I get what you're saying with your lips and, yeah. and, and you're doing all this, but your heart like is far from me and going to that place of truth. Like, um, do you know me? The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, do my people know who they're worshiping? And for some Christians, it's hard to come to the realization that, whoa, there can be an idol even in my like every Sunday worship, like I, I didn't think that inside Christianity I can have an idol, but the truth is not knowing or accepting who God truly is and who he's revealed himself to be. Um, if it's not that God, it's a different God. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And if it's, it's not the God of the Bible, then it's a God that we've made in the function of our imagination. Yeah. And then also, you know, if, if let's say the worship wasn't that like the music let's not say worship so we're not mixing up definitions right, right, again. that's good um if the music wasn't that great that day right let's mm-hmm. say that and and then people don't have those emotions people didn't get those chills yeah then they reference that to maybe god wasn't speaking to me maybe god wasn't here in this moment and that's kind of also <laughs> a dangerous spot to be in mm. because you know we, you're your place. You're limiting God to how good the music was at that point. Yeah, and and that's scary too. You know, yeah. and 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 I've 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 kind of gone through those motions uh, um, when I was younger. You know, it was like, man, worship was like worship music wise was great. Mm, so right. like God just moved, and then you or know, God showed up today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's oh, like good. thanks. <laughs> that's that's one of the ones that that I've heard constantly. It's like wow, God really showed up. And then the other days, it's like wow. I mean, that was it was okay. But God's still the same God. Mm-hmm. You know, whether yep. whether the guitar player was on point, the drummer missed a beat or two. Like it's the same God. Yeah, it, it, God is always going to show up. He doesn't right. have to show up. He's always there. Right. The question is, did you show up with yeah. right worship? That's good. That's that's the difference between those those moments that you're like, oh man, that felt so good, and sometimes it's just music. But how did God feel about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
I have another question um, regarding kind of that same verse. Why do you think um, Jesus put such an importance on on our heart, on on the heart of worship? And and what, when people say, "Oh, like I'm coming back to the heart of worship," like what are we even saying when we're talking about mm. heart of worship? Or why does Jesus put emphasis on the heart? Yeah. Um. Actually, I'll roll with that song since you since you brought that up. Uh. There's the the story behind that song. Is Matt Redman was leading worship at his church, and it had become so big and such a performance. And I mean, I you know, as a worship leader, I, and in in everything I do in the church, I I do it with excellence. That's one of my core right. values. I believe that God believes He uh, deserves our best all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's it can be a slippery slope. And mm-hmm. so, w- I think this is back in maybe like '97 or something when uh, when Matt Redman is leading worship, and his pastor came to me and said listen, Matt, like it's good on Sundays, but mm. I'm afraid it's almost too good. Like we've gotten to the point where people are showing up for a concert. Wow. They love your voice. They love the songs you've written, but are they worshiping? Mm. And so Matt tells the story that he went and, and he wrote this song just to, to strip it down and come back and, wow. and do the start of worship. And the first time he let it, it just it was him and a guitar in his church. And, um, I mean, I would imagine God showed up that day, right? Like, <laughs> uh, not to contradict myself, but uh, it, it's it's so. The reason Jesus put an emphasis there is because the heart. You can't just say words; like, you have to understand what you're singing. And like, we can talk about that too. Like, words are so important. Like, what are we saying? Mm. Is this? Is this? Are we saying something about myself? Like I, I'm careful to do too many songs that are just from my perspective and me, 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 and you're so good to me, me, me. Like, <laughs> I think that's true to acknowledge God's goodness right. in, in worship, yeah. but man, let's talk about him and how great he is in spite of us wow. or it, without us. Like I'll, I'll kind of use the words praise and worship uh, interchangeably, but okay. the reality is like when, when we praise on Sunday mornings, we're praising him for, for things that he's done and, and like, thank you so much, God. Yeah. But he deserves worship just in the fact that he is. Right? Yeah. Like no matter what he's done, if he never did a single thing for us ever, he deserves our acknowledgement, our worship. He deserves all the glory. That's good. I mean, just in that song itself, I feel like when when it sometimes comes up spontaneously or when we play it, it kind of realigns me when I'm on there on the drums and I'm just like thinking like, man, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I want to come back to the heart of worship, not just mm. this song I'm playing, not the next song that's on the set list, not... Not the one I'm looking forward to, the one yeah. I I like playing less. Right. Like it's it's more so like I want to get to the heart of of why I do this and and of who you are, yeah. God. And and what what you said was absolutely amazing. Is 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 that if even he never did a thing, you know, he's still worthy of our worship. Yeah. And even more so now of all that he's yeah. done for us. So I also think, perspective. Right. Yeah, go ahead. I also think like what you said, there is a place for what we can say um horizontal worship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's dangerous staying there and only being mm-hmm. there. And I want to ask you why like why for people who like maybe have never heard of why it's bad to only sing about me or or God loving me or I or or that me emphasis. Um, how can that be dangerous and how does that become dangerous? Because a lot of the times, like um, I don't have many years um, being on the worship team, but I've noticed um, even not even just being on the worship team or different churches, it's kind of like the, the the mood changes. Like mm-hmm. we went from me, 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 and everyone's in it, worshiping the hands. Then you went to holy, holy, holy. And then it was kind of like, yeah, I get it. But mm-hmm. they're not as like yeah. passionate yeah. about that worship song. You know yeah. what I mean? 
That's uh okay. So let's just do this episode five because this is gonna take a whole nother. No, I'm just um, you know, I think that is so such a relevant question to culture today. Mm. We there's this message out there that you are worthy, you are good, you and none of it is true. <laughs> and so that's why probably and we we respond to those songs that are like me, 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 because we're selfish and we're awful and we wow. think it's all about us. Hmm. But really, I mean it it's what it is. It's it's him. And so yeah, it's it's good to sing those songs that are, acknowledge what he's done in our lives right. or acknowledge the things that he did. But man, we always got to come back to the heart of worship. Like mm-hmm. I even love in that song when when he, the repentance. I'm sorry, Lord, for the mm-hmm. thing that I've made yeah. it. I'm yeah. sorry that it's, I made wow. it about me because it's all about you. Yeah. It's all about you. I definitely take that time to repent for sure. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> but I, I in 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 regards to the horizontal worship that we're we're on right now, I I view it as like it, it is it is a a, a uh, not a not a good place to stay in. Mm. You know, it's good to acknowledge those things that God has done for us. Um, but sometimes I view it as kind of like um, I have a, a one year old daughter, and and you know I'll see her kind of do things because of what she's seen, and so this is her interpretation mm. of what the, of the world she sees, right? So if I were to give her. Um, as she gets older, probably, if I were to give her a piece of paper and I ask her, you know, to draw maybe the dog that we have and she'll she'll try her best to to draw the dog and and get as close as possible to what the dog truly is in real life, but only has certain abilities up to that point. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where horizontal worship stays, where it's in our ability to kind of describe this mm-hmm. amazing God that's indescribable yeah. mm-hmm. and and so holy and we just cannot fully understand who he is mm-hmm. so in our best effort to worship and write about him we write this kind yeah. of me-centered um worship and I, those are my thoughts on horizontal it's like it, i don't i don't i don't get on those lyrics too hard i know they're mm-hmm. they can be detrimental if we remain there in that type of worship right, right. but at the same time I, I i believe that that's a human um interpretation of an amazing indescribable god yeah yeah and i mean you have to give some grace when it comes to that stuff because of the reality Absolutely. is none of our songs are worthy like yeah. Not, yeah. nothing <laughs> we bring is gonna unless we're just straight string it's like singing out of psalms like right. yeah, for unless sure. you're singing god's word it is not it's something you came up with it's not good enough wow. frankly but um it, it's still you know and i'll use those as tools sometimes yeah, to at like the beginning of a service we like we did uh we did that song great things by phil welcome it just talks about all the great things that god's done right. um and that's good. It's talking about him and, and it's from our perspective and that's sometimes the best we can do. Right. But I always want to move it towards just focusing on who he is and, and why he's great in like regardless of me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so important. Definitely. Well, and I, and I kind of, I'm going to jump a little bit because I want to, we're t- touching on this topic of moving into that place where it's focused on him. Mm-hmm. How do you see um, worship kind of form our view on God, because one of the dangers that I feel like, and I agree with both of you, there is definitely a place for that, those songs that acknowledge what God has done in our lives and our response to it and how much we love him and how much he loves us. And I, and I actually, some of, some of the songs I, I love are from, are that, are that type of songs. 
Um, but I also recognize the danger of me f- forming a God in my head based off only listening to those types of songs that is there to do everything that I need him to do in my life. Yeah. And it's kind of like almost like a genie. And so mm-hmm. like, yeah, um, you're, you're supposed to be here when I call, when I say, when I do this. And, and, and so I kind of want to talk about that danger of, of how worship actually comes to form our theology. Cause mm. the truth of the matter is I saw a statistic where it's like 97% of American evangelicals actually say that they, or 97% of American evangelicals say that they don't read their Bible every day. Mm-hmm. So then if we're not getting our theology from the word, we're getting it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's from our Sunday worship sets. Yeah. So, so talk about that a little bit. How does um, worship kind of form our theology or our view of God? Yeah. Um, that's, that's great. I, a lot of ways. And I will say it can do it well, or it can do it poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that if I'm being honest, a lot of my view of God, a lot of my theology was learned out of songs that we sang when I was younger in, in church and songs that I led. Um, and when I think back to some of those songs now, I'm like, what the heck was I singing? <laughs> what does this even mean? And why is there rivers so often in these songs? Like, um, how about, what is, what does that tell me about who God is? Wow. I, he's not a river. He's not, you know what I mean? He, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's the, the stream of life and he's all these great <laughs> things, but, um, it, it's so, I, I try and like every song that we ever sing in church, uh, I can tell you is, is gone through with a fine tooth comb wow. and the threshing floor of, and the pile of songs that don't make it is so much larger than the ones that do mm. because, just that the last thing I want to do is teach the people in our congregation something that is not right about God. And I, I don't know if it's, it's fits okay to do this, but I'll, I'll use an example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this song uh, by Maverick city music that, that sings, uh, you keep on getting better, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, I put that video on. I'm just like, it's such a vibe. And right, I'm just sure, like, yeah. I want to just be in that room <laughs> yeah. and, I can explain it away. Like I can make it okay if I have a right. conversation Definitely. with anyone because the, we all know the reality is God is never changing. He's right. the same yesterday, today, forever, and right. he will never get better. He is as <laughs> good as he is ever going to be, Amen. which is as good as possible, like right. which is infinitely good. <laughs> but it's it's written from the perspective of the songwriter and that as I grow and as I get closer to you, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, it keeps on, I wish I would have used the word it, not right, you. Right, like right. it keeps on getting better. Wow. Um, and, you know, with copyright laws and everything today, I can't even change it to that. But um, that's how we did in the 90s. Just change the words you don't like. Um, just swap them out. Exactly. But I love that song and I wrestled it and I actually brought my pastor into it. So just so he could... Uh, you know, like prevent me from singing this song. Cause I knew he wasn't going to, he wasn't really going to fly with him. Uh, and so we came to an understanding. Yeah, I get it. Like he does keep getting better from my perspective, but right. I don't want to teach my people that God ever gets better. And I can't sit down and have a conversation with every single one of them. And, explain that, that. Yeah. <laughs> and so we just won't sing that song, mm. even though, man, it, it it pops like it's, right for sure. I, I we can have so much fun with that one, <laughs> Yeah. but it's so choosing songs that teach people truth and and help them be able to worship god more because the last thing i want to do is create an idol for them to worship so it's important it's the the type of worship we listen to absolutely absolutely so important because i remember when i was there's an example of one time i don't recall how old i was but i just recall the moment where um i had first come to really the realization was like, well, the Bible's a gem, you know? Mm. So I'm actually like reading the Bible and I'm, and I'm actually going through scripture and then we're, I'm at, at a worship service and we're singing and 
And all of a sudden I see a lyric. I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense to what I just read literally last night, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I go to the pastor and I'm like, Hey pastor, um, I'm not trying to be like a jerk or anything. I just want to know, like, how come we're singing this when the Bible said this? And the the actual response was literally just like, don't question it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, don't question it. I'm like, I just want to know, like, why we're singing this when the Bible says this. I'm like, I'm not mad. I just kind of want to understand. And yeah. he's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't got to question the things of the Spirit. And be careful to not get too lost in the Bible. Oh. And so I'm just like, oh, okay. And so in my head, I'm just like, all right, gotta be careful. <laughs> the Bible is the only thing I want to get lost. <laughs> and, and so, like, in, in those types of environments where, like, they don't want to even um, screen, like you said, uh, the worship songs or stuff like that, like, like that can potentially be disastrous for a congregation who sees a Bible saying something and then the songs that they're singing saying completely opposite. You'll never hear a pastors say i want to lead my congregation in false worship this morning mm-hmm. but it, you'd be amazed how how easily it would be to do that wow. by singing leading them in a song that isn't speaking truth about who god really is wow. yeah yeah i mean and there's a there's a lyric that that comes to mind too that i remember when i heard it from from the beginning i was just like that doesn't make sense because it, it it's like it, and I mean, not to put, we're not here to blast on worship songs, just mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, set an example. And it, it, the, the, the song that goes, you've never failed me yet. But, but you know, I understand yeah. the concept, yeah. you know, like <laughs> to my experience, I'm used to others thing, other things failing and others failing me. And you haven't failed me yet. But God will never fail. God, mm, God yep. has, does not have the capability to fail us. Yeah. So the word yet there just mm. doesn't fit in reference to God. In reference to each other, I guess so. You know, right. that, that, yeah. that, that makes sense in between human beings. But in reference to God, that, that doesn't fit there. You know, mm. and, I, and I kind of like tussled with that too. I was like, that, that song is, is, is cool. I think the, I don't even remember the, the rest of the song, but I, I, I feel like I like the rest of the song. It's just that part was just like, mm, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's, it's a danger point because then we reference that song later in life. And, um, you know, just a, a small word, like yet, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of sets an expectation in our heart and in our mind of, when things do go wrong, we have that as kind of a crutch to lean on of like, well, yeah, you know, this is this is my like Justin had said, my theology of Jesus is my thoughts of Jesus that that I've received through worship. And, you know, there are little things that can be in and out um, kind of hidden throughout lyrics. Yeah. Um, but I, that's why I love that approach of, you know, kind of screening lyrically uh, praise and worship songs to, just mm-hmm. to make sure that the the same words and praise that we're singing out are the same beliefs that we read you know day to day in our word yeah yeah and i think it's important guys because i want to just remind the listeners that this is not like oh let's bash on worship music yeah. type thing. <laughs> For sure. it's, that's not what we're doing but what we've come to understand through scripture is, is that god wants to be honored and revered in what we do and and if music is a type of worship it's not worship but it's a form of worship Mm -hmm. then that music be acceptable and it be holy and it be right in the eyes of god and Mm -hmm. and that's where 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 we're coming from not a place where like guys turn off every type of worship music (laughs) go to the hymnal book that you have from your grandparents (laughs) grab that thing open it up and sing those songs we're not we're not um talking about that but we were talking about um being um or 
actually, let's just go to that verse. It's one of the most popular verses. And, and it kind of is either misunderstood or mistaught or people are just kind of like gaze over and they're like, I really don't know what he's saying. But in, in here, it's kind of like the essence of why we're, we're talking about um, of screening lyrics and actually wanting to worship the Lord with the correct heart posture. Because in John chapter four, verse 23 to 24, the Bible says, but the hour is coming and now here when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For the father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That verse, pastor, mm. what is that? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, well, I think the truth part to me is, is to me is, is the part that we miss a lot. Um, and that's, that's really what we've been talking about this whole right. time. And uh, in spirit, I think, I mean, Paul calls our, our spiritual worship, the, the daily acts of loving one yeah. another. Like it's the daily, it's living and walking in that. Like there is the, the inner part of worship, the inner essence of it. There's the, uh, the more public stuff we do on Sunday mornings. There's the daily acts of love, which Paul calls our spiritual worship. Mm. And then there's uh, what I refer to in my life as just daily communion, just walking with God and, and everything I do. Like someone asked me recently, like how, how many, how often, or how long do you pray a day? Or how often do you pray a day? I'm like, I just, honestly, if I think about it, I, there are times where I sit down and I have a, a my quiet time and I pray and I, right. I read my, my Bible and, and just spend time with the Lord. But then the rest of the day, I try and just like, I'm always talking to God. Yeah. Like I'm always praying. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes it's just like me being mad at him or being like, come on, why did you let this happen or whatever? But the regardless, it's communion, it's community, it's relationship. And so I think that is this spiritual aspect of right. worship. It's right. not, it doesn't, it's not saying like, that's when we get together and let the Holy Spirit move right. and, you know, wait for signs and wonders and experiences. Right. It's, it's living a life of worship. And the truth part goes back to what we we're saying. If you don't know the truth, yeah. then who are you worshiping? Wow. Hmm. So that spirit part, let, let's go back to that because that's a good topic. Because <laughs> what we have to understand is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, we can be worshiping in spirit and in truth without anyone having to have entered into convulsions or having to enter into anything. Like it, not saying that that can't happen, that the Holy Spirit can't produce such things, but that that doesn't define what is worshiping in the spirit. Right. Yeah. Um, this one's a, a, a touchy one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I would... Personally, here and here, let me say this first. I, there are so many people that are smarter than me and right. more faithful than me to study the scriptures and have, have come to different understandings on right. some of this stuff than I have. Right. And so I respect them. Um, mm -hmm. But what I have to do is study the scripture and, and try and figure out what is right and what is wrong and right. what is acceptable to God and what does God actually do and what does he not do. Right. Um, and so that's where I'm at and, and that's where I sit and that's my perspective and I'm going to lead accordingly. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to bash the other people, of course. but I do have, you know, my uh, opinion on what I think is right, is right or wrong. Absolutely. So um, I, th having grown up in a, a charismatic church where that stuff was happening right. and people were falling over and, and all kinds of stuff going yeah. on. Um, it was normal to me and I, I didn't think much of it, but right. as I began to study the scripture more and understand more um, and, and because I had that experience, I was able to think back and just be like the times in my life where I maybe participated in that. Mm -hmm. um, I think I can honestly say it was from my own just 
mm-hmm. following or my own volition. Like there n- never was there a time where my body was doing something that I had no control of. Like <laughs> if that guy was shaking, I don't know, maybe I'll shake too. Like this yeah, is kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the reality to me is that I don't see in scripture where God is like, this has to happen for me to be honored. And mm. In fact, I would, I see a lot of parts where he calls stuff out like that. Right. And he's mm. like this, why is this the the thing? Why are you chasing this experience this high? Mm. Because it comes, it becomes a drug. Wow. And then wow. especially for younger people when, when they're not really, if you haven't spent time and gotten grounded in the word and who God is, right. you go to church and you, you search for this drug, this high, this mm. experience. And then when it doesn't happen, like maybe the spirit was moving in your church for three months and then all of a sudden it's not, I don't know how that works, wow. yeah. but, um, wow. And then it's not, it's like, okay, well, well now what? I'm not getting that drug that high. Why am I going to even keep going back? And the reality is you keep going back because of the truth part. Right. Like because of who he is, you Mm. keep worshiping him regardless of what you get out of it. Like how come we don't have songs just written about suffering and how there's no, there's no resolve, (laughs) but you know, Paul called us to, to worship him through the suffering. Like that is, he is worthy in all of it. Like he always gets the glory regardless. Yeah. And as you, as you mentioned, Paul, um, I, I remember reading scripture of, of, you know, the times that he just worships in, 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 in the prison cells and where, where, where he was yeah. kept, you know, and, and to think like, cause I've had similar experiences of growing up and, you know, super charismatic, everybody just, you know, if, if the spirit is moving, people are moving too, you yeah. know, and, and there's just arms and legs and, and every, all, the whole thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I've experienced that and I've experienced, um, well, you know, I expected to feel this mm. like experience wow. and I, and I didn't. So then why am I going to worship that? That was like my posture at, mm-hmm. at some points. And then that's like, not okay at that yeah. point, because right. I'm, and Justin has said this earlier, I'm idolizing at that point the experience that comes through the music and mm-hmm. the praise that, that we're doing rather than the truth mm-hmm. that, that I, I should be, you know, grounded there for. Yep. And, and the greatest example is Paul himself in the middle of, of, as you said, you know, suffering of imprisonment, you know, and just still because of God, of who he is, had done nothing, had not take him out. Of, he hadn't, um, released him from a pr- the prison cell there as he worshiped. Like he was just worshiping because he knew and was grounded on the truth of who God is. Yeah. And, and he it, counted it all as what? Joy. 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 Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. You can't even find joy in our day-to-day <laughs> lives that are awesome. Right. And he's right. in prison just suffering and being persecuted, wow. counting it all as joy. It's it's crazy. And I absolutely love this topic because it's something I've always had to um, come and kind of wrestle with and understand because, um, even growing up in that in in that very like um, Pentecostal type of stuff and mm-hmm. and and charismatic as we say and and putting an emphasis on experience where I can speak personally my experience was my truth threshold and so everything else was measured by what I have experienced rather than what the Bible has actually come mm-hmm. the truth of God to proclaim mm-hmm. so therefore whether or not the Bible said it there was a point in my life where I lived. Well, if I haven't experienced it, I can't be true yet. Mm. And so that was very dangerous place to live because there I'm in, in this sense, I'm telling God that I must experience everything in order for me to take your word at face value. 
Yeah. And, and and so then my worship changed to uh if I something better happen here for me to feel like I actually um got into a place of worship and you showed up in my life mm. rather than wow I see your faithfulness through your word and the truth that's proclaimed through the gospel and, and, and through all your word that has come to impact, transform my life, see uh, um, and allow me to behold you for who you truly are. But no, I let it be. No, did I did I fall? Did I do this? And and so that's where I feel like it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous because, yeah, I, I believe and I and. And I, I still believe in the gifts of the spirit and all these right. things that happen and, and something and something may happen to that person. But if it does not happen, did we still feel like we entered into worship? Yeah. Do we still feel like I'm honoring God? Do we still feel like like God was exalted and God showed up? Not because I experienced something because he has already declared to to be there and he has declared himself to be um, in the midst of us and all these things. Yeah. And I think one thing you said too, is one, one thing that can be uh, a dangerous thing if we let it be our compass is our feelings, you know, cause there's a lot of times we can come into a, let's say worship service and we don't necessarily quote over quote feel like worshiping mm-hmm. or like singing, let's say, you know, and, and we allow that to dictate what the rest of, of, of that night will look like because you know, if if I'm going to be here in worship, then I'm going to feel something and it's going to switch. It's going to swap this feeling for one of joy or one of yeah. like just, you know, excitement for whatever the spirit starts to do. But if we allow our, our feeling to kind of take the the just the reins and, and, and move us forward, we can find ourselves kind of missing the mark, too, I feel. Yeah, I think it's important to have a perspective there that that says this. Um, I am always worshiping. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 we're always every day and every moment worshiping yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in a bad mood and you go into wow. a worship service and you're like, I don't feel like worshiping right now. What you're choosing to do is worship something else. Mm-hmm. Worship your circumstances. You're looking at who God is through wow. your circumstances and not looking at your circumstances in light of who God is. Wow. That's and so good. It's it, it becomes that idea. So when you think like, okay, I'm I am worshiping right now. Mm-hmm. So am I gonna choose to worship God or am I gonna choose to to you know wallow in my my pity? And we have this idea that joy means happiness, but the reality is joy is a fruit of the spirit. It, it is a an understanding of who God is and the hope that we have in him, regardless of our circumstances. Yeah. I feel like this next question we kind of um kind of hit on a lot through our conversation so far today. But um, when you sit back and look at the climate of the church and you sit back and you look at worship services, not necessarily at your church, but just in um, in the body of Christ in general, what yeah. are some trends that you see happening in worship or in the sense of maybe strictly music or whatever it can be that you see like, wow, that can potentially lead us into a dangerous place as the body of Christ? Yeah, I think we've touched on a little bit. I think one of the the, the biggest dangers is just um, writing untruths or or things in our songs that just aren't true, like saying you haven't failed me yet. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about just we won't talk about the fact that it's grammatically weird, <laughs> um, but it's theologically wrong. Like, yeah, for sure. If I if I understand 
the truth of who God is, there is no yet in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Wow. So why am I going to sing it? Right. Wow. Like he will never fail me. And that is why I have joy. That is why I have worship. And that is why I have the hope of salvation and what Christ did for me. Yes. Right. And right. so th- it's, it's so important, but in, in the, the trends of the church, I see that a lot. Like I said, there's so many songs I'll listen to and I'll be like, Oh, this is so good until the bridge. Like, why do you have to say that? Cause it's not even true. Like, and sometimes it's just dumb. Like yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. true, but why this isn't even worthy of who God is. Like, mm. why do I gotta sing about this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there's that, there's the, the lyrical part of it. And then I think there's, um, the, a lot of times it goes hand in hand with the preaching and what that church is teaching. And so, I get, you know, there's this big argument in, in in churches like, should we sing songs by Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because of their pastor's theology. Right, right. Um, and I just, I won't go into specifics there. Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you this, like when it comes to, I'll use Bethel as an example. There are some songs that come out of Bethel music that I think are totally honoring to God. Yeah. Mm. Now, if that, if the guy that wrote that song has wrong theology about who God is, I will go as far as to say, like, and I'm this is an if, yeah, mm-hmm. that when he sings that song, it may not be a pleasing, acceptable offering to God. Like, he may be like, You're not worshiping the right dude because you don't even know who I am in that. Mm-hmm. But I believe that if I sing those songs and there's nothing wrong with the words, and I'm singing from a place, a heart of worship, yeah. and that's where Jesus is talking about your heart. Right, right. Then it can be honoring to God. Hmm. Now, the, I've, the danger that the, these guys argue is that um, you might be pointing people to that church, so, yeah. and then they're going to hear right. a theology or something like that. And, and I mean, you know, that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, episode six at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely, and, and uh, kind of maybe not going with um, the question of trends, but. Um, at least growing up, I always knew what to expect. I'm coming to church. First, maybe two songs are fast paced and gets you going, gets the mm-hmm. blood pumping a little bit. And then maybe one slow song and then offering. And then during offering, it's like a very slow one mm-hmm. where everyone kind of like sits in the presence and soaks in the yeah. presence of yeah. God. And so it, um, does the Bible ever tell us like the way these set lists are supposed to go or like, all right, now you give it to them here good so that they feel <laughs> energized and then right here you slow it down. Like, or does, is there a correct way in which we form these set lists or is it something like you say the Bible kind of up to the leadership of the church. Yeah, I, I would say that's the case. Like, um, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us what color we should paint our church building right. or mm-hmm. what, you know, should you have this line of speakers or that one? And, and right. it le- those are tools that we use. And so um, it, it's really, it can be dangerous as a worship leader who plans a service to, um, mani- to not manipulate the congregation. Mm. So... I'll use those things personally as tools. Like I understand that when, when people come into the room, they're coming from their circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I want to get them excited to be here and excited to focus on God this morning and prepare their hearts to hear what he has for them as we, as we jump into the word. Um, and so we'll, that's why in most churches we spend the first part worshiping and singing songs. And I see, I used worship as a, yeah. uh, <laughs> the wrong way. It's just, it's a bad habit. Right. right. Um, we're going to spend the, the first time singing yeah. and because I, 
think there's a, an emotional aspect to it that kind of softens your heart. It gets your perspective right. Um, I encourage people to come with repentance and mm-hmm. just get right with God and whatever's in your life that you're holding mm-hmm. on to is sin. Just give it to him so that we can just focus on who he is this morning and, and focus on what he has for us. So we use those as tools. Like, yeah, we'll start with an upbeat one and it'll slowly taper off towards the end mm-hmm. and, and it's softer and, and whatnot. And maybe we'll end on a big one. And um, so I don't, there's no part in scripture that I'm aware of that tells you it's got to be right. this way. Yeah. But um, I think it's okay to use tools and maybe in your church, it should be a different way based right. on your congregation and your mm-hmm. culture. Um, and I, I think it's, uh, and we, we tend to follow the the lead of other churches that have kind of figured out, you know, well, when we, when we sing a fast song, the, the, if, <laughs> the offering dips 30%. Or, um, <laughs> but right, right. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a, a wrong way. I think we just have to be careful to not manipulate. And <laughs> yeah, I think, I think with that train of thought is everything with, um, measure everything with. Um, just the understanding that we can overdo it and, and we can also try to make things a formula at mm-hmm. some points. Right. Like it's okay to use things as tools. Yeah. It's okay to use things to guide and to bring people to a place where we can then, you know, sing songs about truth and, 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 you know, ha- allow that space for people to come to repentance and, and all those things. But if we, then formulate it to when we sing this song, like you had said, like if we sing this song during, during, during tithes and, and offering, you know, then, uh, you know, offerings go up 30%. Like yeah, right. it, when we, when we really take that as like, and it, some people do it like for real, like they think about it for real. If, you know, the spirit moves when it's two fast songs, three slow songs, one really like major ballad, uh, you know, <laughs> at the end, like, you know, and that's not the case because then we are trying to formulate and manipulate, as you said. Yeah. I'm not trying to start episode five here, but because <laughs> I know this topic can go really far. But I wanted to do ask ask this question and you don't have to go too deep because I know it definitely can um, give another 45 minutes or something yeah. or so. But <laughs> music in itself already has the power to manipulate. Mm. Um, emotions, um, mm-hmm. feelings, and 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 we can see that when we're sad and we start listening to sad love songs after a breakup, and you feel even more <laughs> sad, and all these things. You know, it, it, music already has that power capability um, to act. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but to activate certain things in our body mm-hmm. yeah. and, and and dopamine and stuff like that. So, as a person who understands that, and worship leaders who know that that music already has that capability and already does that. How do you draw that line where like, okay, this is, I don't want to manipulate my congregation by the way that we do our our sets or the music we play or when to do it. But at the same time, it's music and this is a form of which we worship. And so how do we kind of draw that fine line where it's like, I don't want to cross over into manipulation of people, but I also still want to do this worship set and still do um, the best and excellent and be able to have the drum pattern hard here and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is a, it really comes down to a hard issue for the leader. Mm. Um, there's, there's no question that I'll put a set together, especially like if it's a worship night, like a, where we're just doing worship and we're doing like 10 songs or something. Um, well, we're most likely 
every time going to start it off on a big note and yeah. it's going to mm-hmm. taper off in the middle. We're going to end on a big note right? Mm-hmm. because it's just, that's how I understand how it's going to work. And right. I can structure the thing to where I think it will help people worship the most. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my goal when I use them as tools. Not, I want to drive this home at this point. And so I'm going to use this song. I just I want to help them wow. connect with God as best as possible. And I, and I think that it can be used this way. That's yeah. good. So it has to do mostly with the heart posture of the people who are putting it together. Yeah. Right. Cause like I said, my music's already going to do what it does. Yeah. It's just a fact, but um, that we and take a heart posture of, you know, that's not our goal. Mm-hmm. We want to help engage worship, but not necessarily like, tickle with somebody's emotions yeah, yeah. or make someone feel a certain way because the word's about to say this and then right when I line this word with that feeling it's an explosion and we got exactly. the result we wanted exactly <laughs> uh, so I kind of like I think um, that was such a helpful um, podcast and understanding um, we do like to do theology and practicality yeah. so what is some practical steps in which Christians can take to deepen their worship to deepen their devotion to God and um, do it as we read in John um, chapter 4 verse 23 in spirit and in truth yeah um, well so first off is understanding those things like what does it mean to worship God in spirit what does it mean to worship in truth and so I would say first and foremost read your Bible 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 Bible. I can't say enough times like you want to hear God say something open the book he will say it Um, and then the next part is just understanding the practical ways that we worship and so we can it's easy to say like just live a life of worship but it can be worship through prayer like talking to God is is, that's worship like he, Mm -hmm. he calls us to do it. And by doing something he calls us to do, we are worshiping him. Um, getting in the regular habit of spending time with, with the Lord and not just, uh, not just listen, you know, I encourage, you know, young people to, to listen to like streetlights on Spotify or something to hear the, the word through like with a beat behind it or listen right. to the audio Bible or whatever's, right. uh, to make it a little bit more accessible for you. Yeah. But it's so important to set aside time, like do that in addition to mm. your personal time with Jesus That's and the good. word, um, obeying God, like when you obey his commandments and when you honor other people and you love other people, you're worshiping God Mm. giving like I'm a pastor and this is like a a no, no, (laughs) you don't talk about money, but like (laughs) we don't, we don't call people to tithe and give to our church because we need to pay the bills. Like there are practical things that we do with the money, but I I call people to to give because God called them to give like, and that is an act of worship to understand and say, this is not mine. This is yours. And Mm. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Right. Um, if, if you want to see what someone's about, just look what they spend their money on. Like, so what are we, what are we doing with it? Like, I want to be a person that gives away more than I have, like to where it becomes a problem. Someone has to counsel me about it. Like, (laughs) um, because that's going to show where my heart is and how I'm worshiping. Someone said, hey there, Ricky, you're giving a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, fellowshipping with other believers, like, Mm. And, and unbelievers, but mm. being careful with that one, right? Like you got to influence them. Don't let them influence you right. negatively. Uh, sharing your faith, serving other people, um, having a servant's heart, not being too good to do anything. Like I will clean any toilet, anytime at any church. Like wow. that's what I got to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, being thankful and constantly walking in thankfulness and, and understanding that you deserve nothing and God has given you everything. Mm. Um, getting involved and serving at your church. 
this this like consumer mentality of Christians is mm. flat out wrong. Like, don't be that guy. Yeah. Like, get into a church, get plugged in, meet people, go to the Bible studies, do what you got to do. That's all the fellowship part, and then serve. Like, wow. they need you to do something. I oh, guarantee yeah. you. That's Even so if good. you don't have the best voice in the world, there's something for you to do. Not everybody has to be on a stage. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, get involved. Singing when it's time to worship, like. Especially mm. dudes. It's <laughs> not cool to sing in church for some reason for, for men. Yeah. Um, it's easier for me because I've been doing it my whole life and, and I'm fairly good at it, I guess. Right. Like somebody decided at some point that was the case. Um, <laughs> but God calls us to sing mm. praises and mm. sing in worship. Uh, look at David. Like the you never will be as manly as this dude was. And right. he was the all time like worshiper best of all time yeah so sing when you sing you're obeying it's like a a, a cycle right and when you obey what he tells to do you're worshiping and you're honoring him mm-hmm. so just understanding those things and and worshiping him in everything you do and all those things every single day put him on the throne of your life like is this about me is this what i want is this what god has called me to do the only way you're gonna know that by reading your bible getting wow. yeah that's good i mean and it, it brings back a, a reference to a book we read and um, where it talks about um, doing the practical in order to grow towards the spiritual and in the spiritual, rather than sometimes we get it backwards where the spiritual come in and just kind of do its thing and then we'll start to do the practical mm-hmm. things. But once we, um, you know, kind of dig ourselves into the practical things of, of those practical practices, it, it just starts developing this, the, the spiritual stuff as well. You know, and one thing you had said that I really liked was just, you know, to get in your word, get in your word. You know, it, it, sometimes we're like, we want to hear God say something. We want to hear God speak. God speaks through his word. It's the yeah. word of God, yeah. you know, and the you know, quote of, I'm going through a dry season. I'm just like, Yo, God literally speaks every day through his word. Yes. Like, AKA my Bible's dusty. <laughs> dusty Bible. Yeah. And so, you know, and 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 sometimes we'll in turn um look to worship songs and then lean on the lyrics and words of men yep. rather than lean on the words spoken living word of yeah. God. Yeah. So Our, there was so much there. Um, Pastor Ricky, thank you so much. Yeah, that was, um, thank you. That guys. was amazing. That was fun. It was fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we were gonna definitely have to um, come back because that episode could have gone so many different ways. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> but we thank have, like, you. Two, three episodes from that one episode. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming here, um, everybody listening. We thank you guys. Um, we hope that this podcast is helping us all grow spiritually and to think theologically and practically. Love you guys. Love you all.